the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland, my guest, Pastor Cliff McManus, pastor of Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino, and also the host of the, the radio program with All Wisdom, uh, coming soon to a radio near you here on KFAX. Also, um, with All Wisdom Publications, several books, one of which we're talking about right now, What the Bible Says About Israel, Past, Present, and Future. Uh, we've we've kind of gotten a glimpse at what God thinks about Israel in the past. Uh, how about the present, Cliff? What, what are we What are we seeing in Israel? And if if Israel is still the apple of God's eye, how as we can, as Christians uh, come alongside, support, promote, and help the nation of Israel? Yeah, um, and it's tricky. I remember when I became a, a, a brand new Christian in college. I think it was nineteen, and I had no. Bible background whatsoever. So I'm reading the Old Testament for the first time in my life. And I got to the book of Genesis, as I started out there, and came across verses in Genesis 12, 7, and uh, Genesis 13, 15, and Genesis 15, 7, where God literally said to Abraham, I'm committed to you and your descendants, and I'm actually going to give you the land to you and your descendants forever as an everlasting possession. And I'm thinking in 1984, 85, when I'm reading this, like, well, that's not true today. So what happened to the word everlasting and eternal here? That doesn't right. even make sense. Well, that was before I read Romans 9 through 11. <laughs> All um, right. So connect the, do- connect the dots for yeah. us then. So, so that's an issue. It's here's God made statements in the Old Testament and promises he made a covenant with Israel. He initiated that covenant uh, on his own. He made a vow unto himself in the covenant. It was an eternal, everlasting covenant that he would never violate, where he committed himself to Israel. The Old Testament, uh, you have God saying, I have loved Israel in Malachi 1-2. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah 45-4, it says that Israel is God's elect. The whole book of Hosea is... Uh, Israel is Yahweh's bride. Ezekiel 16.8 says that Israel is God's eternal possession, his everlasting covenant people, Genesis 17.7. So these are, you know, eternal promises and elect. God's election is inviolable. And so how could it possibly be that God elected Israel, and yet they seem like they've been totally abandoned today because they've rejected him? Uh, and that's why Paul answers it in Romans 9 through 11. And it comes on the heels of Romans chapter 8. God's uh, talking, or Paul's talking to Gentile Christians. Okay, you've been saved, you believed in the gospel as a Gentile, and you are secure in Christ. You're elect, you've been elected by God and saved in Christ. And as a result, your election and your salvation is secure. Nothing can separate you 
from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate you from God if you're elect. And then the question comes up, well, what about Israel? They were elect, and look at them. God abandoned them, or they forsook Israel. And Paul says, no, 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 no. Let me go on for three chapters, Romans 9 through 11, and tell you the truth about it, Israel. Yes, they are elect, and they are eternally secure as a people. And let me explain how that is. And it doesn't mean every individual Jew, but collectively, as a nation, those who are elect and the true remnant within Israel are secure. Um, so that's his argument. So it's a remnant within Israel uh, that will is currently being saved and preserved, but in the future there's going to be a wholesale revival, repentance, and recognition as a nation as a whole when they look upon Jesus whom they have crucified, and that's the book of Zechariah 12 through 14, where the whole nation in the future is going to turn back to their Messiah in repentance. So there is a future for Israel. But today, in the meantime, Israel as a nation, Paul gives the diagnosis, it's very clear. Because of their rebellion and pride, the nation collectively is hardened, he says, but it's partial and it is temporary. Therefore, Mr. Gentile Christian, do not look down your nose at hardened Israel today. God doesn't like that. So be a testimony, be a witness, be praying for their salvation. And that's what Paul does in Romans 9 and 10. Says he, is, he loves Israel. He knows most of them are hardened, but he's praying for their salvation. And Paul even says, I wish I could give my soul that they would be saved. You know, it's interesting. You, I, I listen to you talk, and I, I know that within uh, um, uh, American churchdom, there are camps and groups that um, line up part and parcel with all of this. And, yep, we've got, you know, uh, I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. So I'm blessing Israel. And, and we do. I think that was one of the things I was encouraged about with uh, uh, President Trump, former President Trump, uh, recognizing Israel as much as he did, uh, making sure the embassy was where it was supposed to be, and having that relationship with Netanyahu and just his 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 friendship with Israel. That was encouraging. Yeah, let me can I can I make a comment on that? Yeah, go ahead, uh, Andy. Yeah, it's really important because um, I think you're right on there. Because we, like you said about Trump, either you know, you either love him or hate him. But every positive move that move that President Trump, or actually the United States, makes in favor of Israel, I think, from a biblical point of view, is a good thing, and puts us under the umbrella of God's blessing or protection somehow as a nation. Yeah, because of what it clearly says in the Old Testament, and particularly Genesis twelve, and that, that's repeated that those who bless you, I will bless; and those who curse you, I will curse. And the stumbling block for a lot of people is they look at President Trump, who was a, a rude, crude, bombastic personality, and did he have bad breath? Yes, he did. Uh, but you have to look at his policies, and with respect to Israel, probably unconsciously, he was doing the biblical thing. He didn't know that. But that's not uncommon, because you look at the Old Testament, these pagan kings, uh, the, the pagan king who let Nehemiah go back to Jerusalem. That guy wasn't a spiritual, Bible-believing, God-honoring man. Yeah. He was a pagan. Yeah, And God used him as a tool to bless Israel. Uh, the same thing with King Cyrus, who was a wicked, evil pagan, as far as we know, and yet the book of Isaiah calls Cyrus, God says, he is my servant, he is my anointed one, the word Mashiach in Hebrew, literally. Yeah. And God used Cyrus to bless Israel. And personally, he probably wasn't even a believer. So God can use these pagan kings as they sit in the palm of his hands, as he directs world history 
in keeping with his will. And I think that's what he did with President Trump. I, I fully agree. Fact, and Israel, Israel so much appreciated that. I had a friend that went to Israel. He came back. He's from, uh, he grew up in Iran and he, he got a gold coin from Israel there. And it has for years, the only Gentile that Israel ever minted on the back of one of their coins was Cyrus because they considered him a national hero. Yeah. Pagan. And then they made a new coin and they put Cyrus in President Trump's face on the back of a coin. Never been done before since King Cyrus. Wow. I have I have always said throughout his presidency, um, I like Trump. I think he's Nebuchadnezzar. I think his vice president, Pence, was his Daniel. Um, that said, exactly. there was, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, there were. God holds the king in in the palm of his hands and moves him whithersoever he wills. I I believe that. It, it's that's why it scares me the the way our current president is working. Uh, oh, oh, those were outside words. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Well, here's some here's some behind the scenes stuff that I know firsthand. Is there are some quality, godly, committed believers who have an ongoing ministry to President Trump in terms of witnessing to him. Uh, in addition to Mike Pence, but others, uh, yeah. pastors like Franklin Graham yeah. and a couple others that I specifically know yeah. who yeah. say he's making progress. He was ignorant of the Bible, and he's totally open to it. And he's So it's not over for him. We need to pray for him, pray for his salvation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that was my, you know, I, I could have gone with Cyrus or one of those other, uh, you know, Assyrian or Babylonian kings, but I went with Nebuchadnezzar because there's hope in mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar. He was redeemed yep. at the end. So I, that, that yep. was, it was with intent that I went with Nebuchadnezzar because I, I still have hope that uh, there's redemption down the road for Trump. I, I pray for that. Um, I, I, yeah. I am. I'm excited that he had that friendship with Israel. I, I thought that was just brilliant. And that was one of the high points, at least in my understanding, of the success and uh, um, the benefits of having well, Trump as our president. So, yeah, it's, it's insightful for you to mention Nebuchadnezzar, because I think your average Christian on the street, if you ask them about Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, they'd only remember uh, the evil, wicked, prideful things he did. Right, exactly. I think there's a minority, very few, that realize he got saved. Yeah. Yeah. And man, some of the things that he accomplished were quite amazing. So anyway, we uh, we need to take another time out, brother. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. What is uh, what does the Bible say about Israel and her future? We've kind of looked at the past, the present. We've touched briefly on the future, but let's dive into it a little bit more on the other side of this break. Off to the KFAX Traffic Center. Another look at your commute. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland this evening with my guest, Pastor Cliff McManus from Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino, also the host of a brand new program coming soon to a radio station near you with all wisdom. It'll start airing here on KFAX, 4.30 in the afternoon, Monday through Friday, in just a couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for a new ministry. And like Pastor Cliff has said, uh, we'll be spending a lot of time in studio dealing 
dealing with a lot of practical issues that surround us and swirl around us day in and day out. So it's uh, it's going to be a little more hands-on, if you will. We'll be able to touch base with you, our listeners, a little bit more. And I pray that the ministry is, is such that you find great encouragement as you spend time with Pastor Cliff and the other staff pastors at uh, Creekside in the new radio program called With All Wisdom. Right now we're talking about Pastor Cliff's latest book, What the Bible Says About It. Israel. And, you know, uh, I, I've got to be honest, you gave me the book. I just have not had a chance to go through it. So I'm kind of shooting blind when I try and throw softballs your way to answer, brother. But uh, we we are looking now, uh, we, we've, we've kind of uh, touched a bit on the past, the present of Israel. And uh, I want to look at the future of Israel and what the Bible says about it. And you kind of you kind of hinted at it a little bit here in the last segment. Uh, what what is in store for Israel as a nation going forward? What what can we look forward to in in the future? Yeah, a lot, and that would be going to Old Testament prophecies that are very specific about how God is going to deal with Israel at the end of days. Um. So I would encourage any believers out there who have questions about this just to start in a few specific places. One would be Zechariah chapter 12 through 14, because that's a narrative that flows from beginning to end in a chronological fashion, explaining what's going to happen to Israel at the end of the age, where they're still hardened and in unbelief, and then the nations of the world that surround them will come upon them, and they're going to be crushed, and at the last moment, Christ comes at his second return and intervenes on behalf of Israel, and it's at that point they are softened, they repent, and they turn to their Messiah. So that's, that is just clearly laid out in Zechariah chapter 12, 13, and 14. And if you just read the Bible normally, like you're reading the Gospel of John, it's going to be as clear as a bell. Uh, but if you don't like that, uh, you know, some people they'll use a allegorical, symbolic hermeneutic and twist those, the meaning of the passage. Um, that's the problem. So, but in the Old Testament, read Zechariah twelve to fourteen. In the New Testament, uh, read Romans nine through eleven because Paul answers that question. In the future, Israel has a future with God still. So, let me read a couple of verses just to make it clear. Um, Romans eleven verse verse eleven, chapter eleven, verse eleven. Paul is asking Gentile Christians as he's talking about Israel, and he says, "I say then, has Israel stumbled? Meaning they." went into unbelief. For the most part, they rejected Christ. They haven't all rejected Christ. After all, the apostles themselves were Jews, and they believed. Mm -hmm. Uh, The 120 120 who were waiting for the church to start were all Jews. Um, The 3,000 that got saved on the first day were all Jews. When the church grew to 5,000 the first week, they were all Jews. Um, For the first five years, the church was all Jewish and Israelite. So you can't say that all the Jews rejected Christ because they didn't. There was always the faithful remnant as right. there is today. Yeah. But wholesale as a nation, they did turn their back on the Messiah. And Paul says, was it for not? Had they been rejected forever? And he says this in verse 11, I say then, has unbelieving Israel stumbled to the point that they should fall completely out of God's plan? And then he responds with this strong, certainly not, absolutely not. They haven't fallen forever. They're not totally out of God's plan. But he says, historically, they did temporarily for a reason. But through their fall, their temporary disbelief, through their fall, 
to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. So God has a plan. So he's going to use Israel's temporary, partial unbelief and hardening to save Gentiles all over the world throughout history. And then he'll, and he's using that also to soften and woo Israel as a nation back to himself. And then he concludes his argument in Romans eleven twenty five by saying this, For I do not desire, brethren, or you Gentile Christians, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. So in other words, this is a truth in God's plan that wasn't revealed in the Old Testament, because that's what the word mystery means. So right. Paul says, I'm giving you new information here. Peter didn't have this information. Jesus never told this to the 12 apostles. It's new stuff. Listen to this mystery about unbelieving, partial, hardened Israel. Lest you should be wise in your own opinion that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. Hmm. Um, So that is a promise that in the future, at the end of the age, when he says all Israel, it doesn't mean every Jew throughout history will be saved. It doesn't mean every Jew is being saved right now. It means at the end of the age, in light of Zechariah 12 through 14, when Jesus the Messiah comes, he's going to rescue Israel as a nation. And only the individuals at that time who are Jewish who put their faith in Jesus Christ will be saved. And collectively, it will be the most of the nation of Israel. Well, uh, you know, and I think of Jews for Jesus right here in the Bay Area. I mean, God, God hasn't abandoned them totally. Uh, and I, I know in my own life, historically speaking, I've got friends who are, uh, what, what, what is it we call them? Completed Jews? Um, Messianic Jews? Um, yeah. They, they are still coming to faith in Christ. It's not like they've been total, totally abandoned, have they? No, they haven't. But the, the flip side is, in the meantime, just because we know, say my neighbor's Jewish and they're an unbeliever, uh, they don't have special privileges or an inroad to God that other people don't. You have to treat them like any other unbeliever. They need to hear the gospel of Christ. They need to repent. Uh, they're in the category of being an unbeliever, an enemy of God, just like anybody else on an individual basis. So um, that's how we have to treat them individually like we, had, we would any other Unbeliever. And we also have to understand Scripture in the same way, that when Jesus comes back and, and redeems Israel, it is the same redemption that you and I are under, isn't it? It's not some special redemption that even in the, even though you don't believe in me, I'm still going to save you. Um, salvation exactly. comes to them the same way it comes to us, doesn't it? That's correct. And it, it will be a national rescue and salvation, but that is made up of and contingent upon the individuals themselves repenting and believing in Jesus Christ to be saved. Hmm. All right. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take another quick time out, come out and uh, come back, close out our time together tonight with you. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, your involvement at Cornerstone. Uh, again, we had Ryan Rippey on last night, uh, your president. And uh, uh, so it's interesting to find out. I want to get your take on, on what you're doing there and uh, let folks know what Cornerstone is all about. So we'll do a quick timeout, check some traffic, pay some bills, and we'll be back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland this evening, and it's off to the KFAX Traffic Center for a final look at your commute. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. 
And we are back. It is Lifeline. Andy Froyland spending time in for Craig Roberts tonight, who's uh, taking care of some serious business around the Yield radio station to make sure that uh, we're coming in uh, 10 by 10 for you guys listening no matter where you're at. My guest tonight has been Pastor Cliff McManus from Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino. He is one of the pastors there. Uh, it is a plurality of leadership, which we appreciate. And it is the uh, the the home of a brand new radio program that uh, will take uh, take place here on KFAX in a couple of weeks. Look for it. It's called With All Wisdom. It is also the name of their publication firm, and several books have come out of that. We uh, we've, we've been talking about one in particular, and there are some others available as well. Uh, what's the, what is the website? Is it is it just with dot com or? What's the website for the publication from Cliff? Well, they could go to our, our church website, uh, Creekside Bible Church uh, dot com, and then on there, it's resources. Click on there, and um, you'll find with all wisdom. Okay, there you go. So Creekside Bible Church dot com, right? In Cupertino. In Cu- yeah, in Cupertino. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, great place to start to get a get a jump on uh, learning about a brand new ministry that kicks off in a couple of weeks here on KFAX. One of the hats you wear, along with author, pastor. Wait, uh, hey, uh, hey, Andy, I actually have a specific. Maybe this here's a shortcut. Okay, I'm with all wisdom. It's just withallwisdom.org. That's what I thought. I thought there was another one there. So, but either way, I, I think if you go to the if you go to the church website, you kill two birds with one stone, um, and, and it all works. So, uh, CreeksideBibleChurch.com. dot uh, com. Go there and then find the jump off point for With All Wisdom. But before you go to With All Wisdom, make sure you check out Creekside and find out a little bit more about them. So, but yeah, With All Wisdom has has got its own website as well. So. You you have got along with uh, author, pastor, teacher, conference speaker. Uh, you are also a professor of theology at Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary in Vallejo. So I I, I got to know you're you're down on the South Bay. They're up in the North Bay. How did the two get together? What what is the history between you and Cornerstone and Steve Fernandez and everybody up there? Yeah, they started the seminary 16 years ago, and the first dean of the seminary up there in Vallejo was Brian Sheely, and he was a graduate of the Master's Seminary. Him and I went to the seminary together back in the late 80s, early 90s, and he was working with Steve Fernandez, the pastor of the church at Community Bible, and the two of them, kind of with a small corps of men, launched um, the Cornerstone Seminary. And so Brian and Steve, they knew a lot of pastors— and they wanted their professors to be pastors. And so they just thought, okay, how many like-minded, godly men or pastors that we know of in Northern California here might be interested in the vision of training other men to shepherd in the local church? And so Brian contacted me. That was about 15, 16 years ago. So you've been involved with the... Uh uh, with the seminary ever since, right? Now, is, is it always been, was it a seminary first or a Bible college first? Um, well, they had a, a Bible college that went back, I think, into the 70s um, that kind of paved the way. And that was at a college level, but Pastor Steve Fernandez wanted to take it to a higher level, higher level to the equivalent of a Master's of Divinity, the traditional degree in a seminary to okay. prepare pastors. And, and there was a, and he had, Many men over the course of a couple decades wanted to be trained 
further with the Masters of Divinity, taking Greek and Hebrew exegesis and learn how to shepherd in the church. But in order to do that, to go to a reliable, good, faithful seminary, that meant they had to uproot from Northern California and go to the Masters down south or another seminary even further away. And so that was the impetus for Steve to say, hey, uh, we've got enough resources here. Maybe we can start our own seminary. God bless that. And he did. And the unique thing that caught my attention 16 years ago was when I read their philosophy of ministry in the school. And it was the goal was to train faithful, qualified shepherds in the local church. And to do that, they were going to use experienced pastors in the local Hmm. churches, which was totally different than the seminary I went to where I was trained for three years by academic professionals. Yes. Many of which were never pastors their entire life. Great professionals, great academic professionals, but you're right. And, and, and I've seen that, especially here in America a lot, that we tend to end up in a seminary setting that is very academic, but not very pastoral. And so we, we send guys out of there and they, you know, they've got a great theological foundation, but as far as uh, pastoral ministry, man, they're clueless. Uh, I, I had the blessing and privilege of of uh, spending time at uh, the Wales Evangelical School of Theology, where the emphasis is pastoral, uh, not intellectual. And I use, and intellectual is the wrong word, Um, academic. Uh, It's it's imperative that these guys coming out of seminary have that kind of shepherding capability, isn't it? It is. And so we've got 15, 16 pastors teaching all the courses for the MDiv program for these guys who are either currently serving in the church as a pastor or want to be. So you're getting also with the academic standards not being compromised, because we all went to seminary and had our Hebrew and Greek and exegesis. So the, the academic standard, I think, is just as high, but there's a an emphasis on shepherding, uh, not just theoretically, but also experientially, that was missing in a traditional um, seminary education. For example, the seminary I went to, the men of God that were teaching me were wonderful and great, but the model was those guys, they went to seminary, um, they graduated when they were 24, and then they became seminary professors and yeah. have been professors for the last 50 years, so they actually never had any experience of shepherding in the local church. So you graduate with your Master's of Divinity from a seminary like that, and then you become a pastor, and seven years or three years into it, you have a very difficult counseling situation with a married couple of a scenario you've never heard of before in your life, and you don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, uh, I appreciate most of what I did was uh, by mail. We didn't have online when I when I went there, but the uh, the Welsh Evangelical School of Theology. Uh, the, the, it's a lot of it is you you are attached to a church. Your pastor proctors you, and you're at any given pulpit on any given Sunday, and it's uh, you're back on campus for finals. And that's pretty much it. But you've got you've got pastors training up men to be pastors, and so it's not just the theology that you get the proctoring and you get all that, but it is also the the shepherding. How, how to deal with these issues? How to deal with people? Shepherding is a dirty, messy, ugly job, and we are woefully 
ill-prepared for that, I think, these days, at least in America, anyway. So, you know, uh, and again, Ryan is a dear friend. Uh, Steve Fernandez was a good friend before he passed away. Cornerstone was a passion of his. I know Steve's background. And it, it, it is, I, Cornerstone has always been partial in my own heart and mind because it does smack, uh, the, the Welsh evangelical school that, that I'm familiar with, you know. There is a heart for, for raising up shepherds, raising up pastors, those who are a churchman who long for the bride of Christ and love her dearly. And I'm, I'm excited about that. And the fact that you're a part of it just gets me all the more amped up. I'm, stoked that uh, uh, along with being a part of that ministry, you now get to be a part of the KFAX ministry as well. So pretty cool, man. Amen. I'm excited. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Brother. Is this to summarize, yeah, go to ahead. summarize the difference? Um, like the seminary I went to, which I appreciated, but the typical seminary is the goal might be, we are going to teach you how to preach the word. Right. Whereas at our seminary at Cornerstone, it's we want to train you to be a shepherd. Yes. So there's a huge difference there. One, to preach the Word, well, that's one-dimensional. It's an important part of the ministry. It's not the only thing uh, that constitutes pastoral ministry. So yeah. shepherding is the whole gamut. That's preaching. That's counseling. That's caring for the people. It's so many other things. That's everything. That's everything. And that's a wrap, as they say. Brother, we are out of time. Um, thank you for spending the evening with us here on Lifeline, man. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Andy. Really appreciate it. I am excited. Cliff McManus, our guest tonight here on Lifeline, pastor of Creekside Bible Church and the host of a brand new program called With All Wisdom, airing Monday through Friday, 4.30 in the afternoon, right here on KFAX. Look for it in just a couple of weeks. Thanks to Nate, engineering this thing, Wanda, putting things together in your ears, round out the trifecta. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night. Pastor Phil Howard sits in in for Craig Roberts, and it's the uh, Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. Until then, God bless. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.